All right, so we're halfway through the, the NBA season. Um, a lot of things are going the way we expected. Some surprises here and there. Uh, some people are out with a couple injuries and some people are coming back. But midway through the season, what's your quick reaction so far, Sean? Um, it's been an awesome season so far. There's been a lot of great storylines. Um, I mean, there's been some brutal injuries, which is always a bummer. Um, some yeah. surprising teams. Uh, some players that just came out of nowhere and performing like all-stars now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about it all here on the Dwight Chocolate NBA podcast. Uh, me yeah. and Alan, Sean and Alan with you. Uh, we're both kind of getting over some sickness right now. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the bug got us. Yeah, it's going to try to hold us back, but it can't for too long. We had to jump it, jump back on the mic and uh, talk about the all-star voting, talk about some disappointments, some of the biggest surprises. And uh, name our MVPs is our half, or at least our fifty percent MVPs. Yeah, definitely. But, so, so what we got here? We're starting off with the Lakers. Yep. Here's a quick question for you. As awful as the Lakers may have been or have been this entire season, except for like a little sequence of maybe like six <laughs> games where they actually got as close to like the ten seed, but now they're looking at the bottom of the West. But nonetheless. What franchise record did the Los Angeles Lakers, or what franchise record did they tie, tie. last week in a game against the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, I have no so idea. So it's an offense. An offensive. It's, it's, on, it's an offense. Offensive yeah. record. They got a. Oh, so the sound. You're making this sound like a good thing. No, it is a good record. Oh, okay. It is it's a good a record, good, oh, okay. actually. I thought this yeah, was going to be like a It's actually not a negative Lakers record. Suck. It's a positive record. <laughs> okay, okay. No. Um, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> there's nothing positive going on there. I, I don't even have a guess. All right. The the answer is they actually tied um, the franchise team record for the most fast break points in a single game. Oh. And they did it against the Atlanta Hawks with 42 fast break points. Oh, um, wow. That's keep, a lot. Appar- apparently, though, this record has only been... They've only been keeping track of this record since 1996. Oh. So you well, are leaving not, a big yeah. chunk, including <laughs> a the, large the Showtime chunk. Lakers. A yeah. Lot, yeah, a whole so, lot. <laughs> when you look at it that way, it's not surprising. Yeah. Considering, like, I mean, Kobe and Shaq weren't really quick teams. Neither were any of those Laker um, late 2000 teams with an... With an with older Gasol. Kobe and an older Pau Gasol. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, I mean, so they're a young team. They got team. that going for them. Yeah, they're fast. Yeah. <laughs> they, they can uh, move the ball around a lot. <laughs> yeah, but sticking with the Los Angeles Lakers, I just kind of wanted to talk really quick, quickly about something about Luke Walton. And I, and I know everybody, there's, there's a big voice out there calling him out, as well as a couple small voices in the Laker community trying to call him out. Um, I think it just needs to slow down a little bit. This team is not awful because of Luke Walton. This team is awful because it's young, because it turns the ball over, and because it can't make free throws. So <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the biggest here? voice coming out from him is Lavar Ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, he just totally calls out Luke Walton, saying that the kids don't want to play for him, and that's just that's awful. That's like that's this is the guy that is coaching your son. And is coaching mm-hmm. a really young team with no experience at all. It's just disgraceful, man. It was awful. Yeah, I didn't really. I don't want really want to talk about him all too much. And I mean, there's all negatives there, and I totally agree with you. And Luke yeah. Walton, I think he's not doing a great job. He's not doing a bad job. He's just doing what he can with what he has. The Lakers are just a young team. They're inexperienced. They have a lot of flaws they need to fix. And the solution here really is just a matter of being patient. Um, I'm not really crazy about blowing up this roster, honestly, or getting rid of Luke Walton. I think it's just a matter of just waiting it out and see see where they're at next year. Oh, totally, yeah. I, I agree, and I think that, I mean, just as a Laker fan yourself, I mean, it's been a while since you guys have been competitive. Everyone's really getting impatient with things. Uh, so yeah. when you say, like, oh, we just need a few more years, like, a lot of people are not going to, want to listen to that you know even though that's like all you can do at this point exactly you know who which franchise is like a perfect example of a impatient fan base Hmm. um that's the new york knicks oh yeah (laughs) yeah they have a lot of reason yep 
I mean, I think some of their situations might have worked out had they been a little bit more patient. But I mean, that's an in-depth conversation for another time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you consistently fire people after one year, one or two years, or you blow up the roster every two years, three years, I mean, you're just going to end up with a situation that they have just an, a franchise that just has fall a long ways from their winning days. Yeah, totally. And I mean, you can you can see the potential in Lonzo and Kuzma and Josh Hart, uh, Brandon Ingram becoming yeah. a threat as like a clutch scorer. Uh, yeah. Like these are guys that are just going to need some time. 19, 20 year old dudes just trying to keep up with fully grown men. Exactly. It, it takes time for players to hit their stride. Um, I mean, guy like Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry didn't really hit his stride until he was around 27, 26 years old. Same with you Isaiah guys, Thomas. Exactly. Isaiah Thomas. You got some of these young guys. Look at Victor Odolipo. Victor Odolipo yeah. has been on two different NBA teams. He's played different positions when he was with the Orlando <laughs> Magic. He bounced back from point guard, the three, the two. And it wasn't until Indiana Pacers that he finally hit his stride. Yeah, definitely. And he'll have a special spot in our podcast later today. Um, <laughs> he will. Yeah. Definitely. But um, talking about Isaiah Thomas, he's back. He's returned back with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the long-awaited return is here mighty it has he been so mighty maybe he started off red hot but as of lately uh you can't really say that for him or the cleveland cavaliers i mean this team has had just had a bad loss to the timberwolves and tonight just lost to toronto 133 to 99 man defense looks atrocious the shooting is off lebron james just there's this clip that everybody keeps uh sharing on Twitter is LeBron James just yelling at the bench. Um, people are saying that it's about the defensive end, which I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're giving up 133 points, yeah, there's something wrong with your defense. Right. Um, is this my is the mighty IT return all that it's cooked out to be, or what's going on here, Sean, you think? <sighs> I mean, I so far know, but I think it was mm-hmm. kind of a stretch for people to expect him to just immediately come back and make a huge impact. Uh, it's a brand mm-hmm. new team for him. The Cavaliers team themselves were still trying to figure themselves out before he even got there. He was trying to right. rotate out uh, Jose Calderon into the lineup, uh, Tristan Thompson coming in and out of it, uh, mm-hmm. Jay Crowder finding his place. Like uh, They just have a lot to work out. And I mean, Isaiah Thomas is still only playing like 20 minutes a game. Uh, a yeah. lot of NBA players are fully like in form at this point, like halfway through the season. And this is just like yeah. his, his like November 1st game, you know? Yeah. You could almost even make the argument. It's like his training camp almost like how much yeah. fitness was he able to put in really in, in terms of like his injury when he was actually able to get back on his feet and actually do some aerobic activity, anything to really just get his body back up to fitness. Right. And I mean, he is in a contract year two, which makes this interesting because mm-hmm. it's all like the league is always a what have you done for me lately type of right. thing. So if he does not, if he does decline a lot this year, like as far as his numbers go and just wasn't able to mesh with the Cavs, like how is this going to affect his ability to get a max contract from another team in the offseason or even from the Cavs in the offseason? Right. And I'm sure this thought is just sitting there in the back of his mind and probably and has been for a while. Um, and he probably comes out with a sense of urgency every day. And I wonder, I, I've i got to bet that that kind of um, goes off to some of his teammates, his frustration. Um, and it probably trickles down to some 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 of the people on the team. I'm sure they're recognizing this. I think Isaiah Thomas just maybe as tough as it probably is for him to accept that is probably just relax a little bit and let let's let himself go into the flow of the team rather than than force his way in there um i know because there was an article written about how he he was very expressive in how he wanted his minute restrictions um removed already but <laughs> yeah i'm not sure that's a good call at this point yeah i mean those those fears of him being a a negative asset on defense are kind of being realized because of these games against the Timberwolves and the Raptors scoring mm-hmm. so many points against the Cavs. Like maybe these fears are true. Like there's something to them. Right. Yeah. And we'll see how this plays. I mean, I'm hoping for the best and I'm not surprised this is happening to this point, but really the, the real question is let's see how long this is going to last because I think a lot of people thought that, Oh, well, yeah, when he comes back, there's going to be an adjustment period perhaps maybe a handful of games but 
we'll see how long this goes. Yeah, this this se- this season's kind of felt like the season of adjustment periods. You know, like Isaiah Thomas adjusting, Melo and Paul George. Yeah, I mean, it's what we we kind of saw that coming with the movement of big stars over the summer. We knew teams were going to hit a big phase like this. Yeah, but moving on, we got uh, Blake Griffin finally back from injury uh, a few days ago. Uh, came back and you know. Against the Warriors on Monday, he got concussed by JaVale McGee. Wouldn't you know? He was out for that game and then the next game. But now he's back again playing against the Kings today. So uh, we'll see if he can make it through the end of this game and then hopefully at least play a full week of basketball. Um, Yeah, do you think Blake Griffin being back is enough to put the Clippers in a 7th or 8th seed for the playoffs? Man, they're, I am really surprised with this team. They have scrapped together the little bit of players that they can find. Some of some of these guys coming from the D-League. I don't, or actually, I don't even really know where. Maybe they've been sitting on the roster this whole time. But There's a lot of G-League players, yeah. Okay, there we go. That explains it. Because I just keep seeing these new names come up that, are, <laughs> that all of a sudden get playing time for the Clippers. But you know what? Hey, they've been winning some, some games enough to get them back in. Uh, sort of like a decent position to attack that eight seed and ninth seed. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the Pelicans are inconsistent here and there. They lose games. The Utah Jazz are struggling to get themselves back into that form they had um, just a couple weeks ago. So I don't know, man. I see it. I think it might just be enough for them to get that eight seed at some point this season. Maybe by next week, really. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And they have much more talent than a lot of these teams around them. Like uh, the Utah Jazz, like losing Rudy Gobert is huge. And I, th- I think their their ability to play as a team has, they, they just kind of have a little more chemistry because they have this thing to kind of uh, build around. Like they've been through so much struggle mm-hmm. together, you know, and they're just kind of have to come together as a team. And like whoever can play is gotta play really hard. You got guys like CJ Williams yeah. hitting a clutch three to beat the Hawks the other night. Um, this guy Tyrone Wallace <laughs> from Cal State Bakersfield. I don't even know where we found the guy. He scored twenty two points for us the other night. I did see um, him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was did just see like, that. it's like, is this Jerry West just like? finding these random guys out of nowhere like i don't know who's responsible for this but we're just staying afloat somehow with like blake out milos out gallinari out pat beverly out it's it's ridiculous right it seems like this clipper team right now is standing as if like chris paul just walked out the door with and left nothing (laughs) right because literally all the trade pieces are these guys are out except for um what's his montel hardnell or yeah, Montrez Harrell and Montrez I mean, Lou Harrell. Williams has been oh, yeah. like a Lou, rock. Right, exactly. So it feels like it was a swapped Chris Paul for Lou Williams almost. In a way. <laughs> yeah, but hey, Lou Williams is playing like crazy right now. He's going to get a shout out later too. Oh, yeah. He, him and LeBron James are showing as if like 30 is the new 25 or something <laughs> in the NBA. Yeah, it's pretty insane. These guys just condition themselves so well. Yeah, shout out to Lou Williams. That was a great game and, of course, a great scoring performance. But, yeah, I think Blake Griffin is going to be a, a better piece to that that scrappy piece of a scrappy piece of team that they have going right now that will help them get that eighth seed. Whether or not they keep it, that's going to be a pretty challenging thing. And I think a lot is going to depend on hopefully Blake Griffin plays some more complete weeks of basketball yeah <laughs> yes just just a few weeks is all i ask and he's really gonna need to at least for the next few weeks because deandre jordan sprained his left ankle tonight right i did uh, see that that's a big one yeah yeah so hopefully he's not out too long that guy he doesn't miss very much time so when he gets injured i get pretty scared like <laughs> it must be pretty bad yeah um but moving on for more injury news uh, james harden's been out with a hamstring strain uh for about the last week now um supposed to be out Maybe another week. Nothing too crazy, but uh, still something to monitor. Not sure I have a timetable yet for his return. Yeah, it's odd to see James Harden. Now, you don't really see him um, go down too many times either. I mean, last year he almost played Mm -hmm. the entire season except for like one or two games. Yeah, and he played a lot of minutes too. Exactly. So I'm kind of surprised that this didn't happen at an earlier point this season, but I mean, the Rockets are still in good position. I think they'll be fine moving forward. And it doesn't seem, and this obviously, it doesn't seem like a very serious injury. 
Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul's still there to keep them afloat. I mean, that guy, he can run your team seamlessly. Uh, they're 3-2 and two since James Harden's been out. Not terrible. They've had they've played a few tough teams, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. They'll hold on. But the guy, this guy, though, for the guy that <laughs> all fingers pointed to potentially becoming, maybe being second in the MVP voice, maybe even sneak in there. Maybe and, first. Yeah, maybe sneak yeah. in there and steal the MVP this this year was it's kind of been MIA this whole season, and that's Kawhi Leonard of the San Antonio Spurs. Oh man, Kawhi, where is he, man? <laughs> what is happening right now? I don't understand. So he came back; it was really exciting, sort of. Mm-hmm. He'd play every other game, like no matter when it was, yeah. and he'd play like twenty minutes a game. Uh, he he is finally starting to get up to thirty minutes a game uh, in his like seventh and eighth game. Uh, getting over 20 points a game, and then all of a sudden he has a different injury. <laughs> now he's been out for like the last, what, third straight game now? Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. Yeah, he's got like some shoulder strain or something's going on there. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's all connected. At least there's no news to point that it's somehow all connected to some chronic injury. It just kind of seems yeah. just like bad luck really at this point. Um, uh, he was just starting to get going too. Yeah, it kind of sucks that it's like in this middle part of the season this good chunk of games are about to be played within the next month uh he's just gonna have to ride this way but in in the san antonio spurs case they've been they're holding on very well to that to the top as a top four team in the west right now and it doesn't look like they're gonna give up any of those positions anytime soon yeah i mean speaking of old guys pal gasol's revitalizing his career yeah that doing his part to keep the team afloat i did not see that happening either i thought paul gasol was going to be done that's by this point in this season and by done i mean he was going to be like in in the discussion of whether or not he should even start for the spurs i thought he was going to be played out by somebody else I don't know. Yeah, dude, we were, we were making so much fun of his contract at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, I forget. It was like, what, two years and like $25 million or something like that. Yeah, something. I thought it was a little bit too much. But, hey, I guess both sides had a good gut feeling about each other. And when you know, it's playing up pretty well for them. Yeah, but this team, they're not going to compete with the Warriors or the Rockets without Kawhi no way. in there. Yeah. Uh, do you think? Is is there enough time for him to like find his stride at this point? Like, if he keeps staying out until like after the All Star break, I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about this all that much. I mean, I mean, he'll be back to finish out the last. I mean, worst case scenario, he comes back with maybe five weeks left in the season. I think that's enough time. Then you go through the first round. Uh, he'll be good to go by the second round in the playoffs. And I don't. I wouldn't really. You think they just coast through that that first round? Just coast through, get him, I get think him so. conditioned. I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless they have to play the Clippers, if they're in that kind of scenario. That's true, but I mean, Blake Griffin <laughs> or DeAndre Jordan or Lou Williams might not be there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might be rolling with like C.J. Williams, Tyrone Walls, and like Jawan Evans in our starting lineup yeah. <laughs> come that time. <laughs> yeah, just. <laughs> throw a jerk kid elton brand back in the back in there <laughs> yeah cory mcgetty will pu- pull him out of the announcer booth and just <laughs> have him play a few games for yeah, us exactly <laughs> anyways <clears throat> but in terms of epic returns you got zach levine coming back for the chicago bulls team pretty soon that was a yeah, name that, this saturday yeah that was a name most people probably forgot probably forgot this guy still existed in the nba right yeah, I mean, the Bulls, like, they started out with, like, just the trash lineup, except for David Nwaba, <laughs> and they slowly got their pieces back. He came back, Bobby Portis came back, Miritich came back. They're all of a sudden playing 500 basketball, and now you have arguably what, who could be your best player, Zach Levine, set to come back this weekend. Uh, I don't know. This, this team, they're still, like, 11th, I think, in the East. They could still make a push, I think. Uh, with all the weapons that they're adding. Well, they're actually 13th in the East. I'm looking at it Aww, right now because I, I... They fell again. Yeah, <laughs> they did They did have... They went through a good spurt where they were winning some impressive games. But they... As of lately, they're kind of so-so. But they have a small... They have a small margin of error. And I just don't think it's going to be enough for them to Aww. claw their way back into playoff position, Dang honestly. It. I'm really rooting for them. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I, I thought that they were still like eleventh 
because I'm really optimistic. Yeah, they've been five. They're five and five in the last the last um, ten games. They won one, but they've dropped a yeah. couple games here and there. Um, and like I said, that room that margin of error is really tiny for them, considering they're fifteen and twenty seven, and the Pacers are twenty one and twenty with that eight seed. Yeah, they they, they can't keep playing five hundred basketball. No, I'm. I mean, you might. They might even end up trading Mirotic at some point this season. I don't know. I feel like they know that like they are playing 500 basketball and they would be in a playoff contention if they had all these guys at the start of the season. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like they, they'd be thinking like, well, I mean, if we keep all these guys next year, we have them all healthy. Like we'll be a playoff team. Like doesn't seem like we need to like jump ship quite yet. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's a, I mean, they're definitely a big time candidate to just go ahead and just awfully tank the last six to five weeks i think remaining in the season like i'm talking phoenix <laughs> yeah style. Like, they completely lose hope yeah just like fake injuries left and right just at a chance to Aww. potentially <laughs> go top three yeah i mean at this point they they're uh competing against the hawks and the magic for that bottom spot uh if they're gonna start tanking they're gonna have to do it now yeah that's true if they, if they want yeah if they want to compete for that kind of game yeah, it's sad that you didn't mention the Lakers, and of course, because they don't have their pick this year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But hey, the Kings are actually tied with them uh, for last place, and the Grizzlies are too. <laughs> Look at that, the trifecta. <laughs> three ways, three way tie for last. The Western, Who's going to get it? The Western Conference dumpster right there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what isn't in the dumpster is the leading vote getters right now. Um, just another wave of, of leading vote getters was released in terms of the NBA all-star. And there's a couple surprises here. I mean, we're looking, I'm I'm looking at Lonzo ball and Kyle Kuzma in here. (laughs) Well, the fan voting, man, anything can happen. I'm just glad there's no Zaza this year. That's true. There is no Zaza type. Thank goodness that did not happen again. That frustrated me so much last year. (laughs) Yeah, because that was purposely, consciously a trolling right there. There's no way you can justify oh, yeah. that. I mean, you have Mono Ginobili in here who probably has <laughs> no, who has no business being on this one. list. <laughs> yeah, he's can, fifth overall for Western Conference guards. Oh, uh, but you can make, I guess, a case. Maybe there's a lot of people out there that just simply recognize the name, um, and just it's just a respect thing, right? That too. So you can make a case for him. Whereas like a guy like Zaza, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Not no respect there, but I mean, probably the guy that deserves it the least on this list is probably Lonzo or Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> uh, there's just so, so much, uh, so much love for those guys. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo seventh overall in guards, uh, Kyle Kuzma eighth for the front court. Yeah. I mean, you got Kyle um, Kuzma yeah. ahead of Carl Anthony towns and LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't know. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, like I said, Kyle Kuzma has definitely put together a, a streak of good games, but it was a streak nonetheless, and he's really slowed down the last couple of games, and he's also put together some awful performances. And a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, these guys are 20 and 10. Guys, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Carl Anthony Towns, he's probably averaging the best numbers of, like, almost anybody. Yeah, uh, there's... There's no case there. Like, there's no there, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma has no business having that many votes. Um, Lonzo Ball again. He's he's good among Rick rookies, and even among rookies, he's so he's, much hype. Yeah, <laughs> and even among rookies, I wouldn't put him. I don't think he's a top three rookie even right now at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, you don't even see Ben Simmons get on the top ten for the front court in the East, right? Um, who would be the clear rookie of the year at this point or or donovan mitchell does yeah. not get enough love uh being the rookie in utah yeah uh, both of whom i just say deserve more but i mean it's the fan voting they're just gonna vote for the players they think are the funniest or like or the best you know yeah exactly but one guy who was actually who's not on this list that i actually think is maybe he doesn't deserve to be an all-star but nonetheless deserves to be in this top 10 um, all votes, all star vote getter getters is Kemba Walker. I yeah. am stunned. He is not Where on this Kimba? list. 
Jalen Brown has more votes than Kemba Walker. Exactly. Kyle Lowry. Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas has only played four games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dwayne Wade Dwayne gets Wade. the respect votes. And I'm, I'm actually seeing Ben Simmons is a guard. Oh, there uh, he According is. to this voting. I, I, I guess I should have known that. But, I mean, a six foot ten guy expected to be on the front court side. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, the coolest one on here, I think, well-deserved Victor Odalipo. Yeah. Gotta be. I agree. Fourth overall. For guards, he definitely deserved it. Yeah. I am yeah. I'm looking through this and everything seems pretty pretty well. I mean I'm a little surprised Carmelo Anthony somehow got some votes. <laughs> it's dude, there's just fans, man. I never really thought he was on the same level of in terms of like respected players with a strong legacy like a Dwayne Wade or a Mono Ginobili. I never saw Carmelo Anthony right. that way, but I guess he does have, I guess, a big chunk of fans that do see him that way. Because to get to be number seven in front court all star votes, it's a little surprising to me. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, he's he's probably got a few fans still in Denver. Uh, some people in New York that still remember some good games with him. And I, I think OKC had some good marketing behind uh, getting their all star votes in there. So, yeah, that's got to play into it a little bit. Right. Uh, I really hope that Damian Lillard doesn't get snubbed again. Yeah. He's eighth in the fan voting right now. I hope the coaches give him some love because this guy continues the ball out without anyone really caring. And to not make an all-star game the previous two years is just absurd. Yeah. I, I, I agree, but, man, it's just such a competitive. I mean, look at the – who basically will probably be the top four – NBA All-Star guards. It's, I mean, you're looking at it right here: Curry, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Clay Thompson. I think that's it right there, and it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to input Damian Leonard into that group. I mean, you can even you can make an argument for guys like a Devin Booker, I guess, or Chris Paul. Those guys are pretty close, maybe in there. Well, I mean, how many how many guards do make it? I do. do we know. I think it's. Or, I, I think it's. I'm sure there's somewhere. We just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, well, like, how many on a roster? Like, is there 15 on a roster or is it 12? I think it's 12. Okay, so they just take six from each? Yeah, so. Front court and guards? That's what I'm, yeah, that's what it looks like since there is no so, center I mean, he's position. he's still on the outside looking in. Ah, man. He deserves it, man. Just give just give the man an all-star game. Yeah. Yeah, and you forgot, <laughs> and we even forgot to mention Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Should probably oh, be he's in having, there as well. Yeah, he's having the best season of his career too. Uh, I've seen a few Timberwolves games, and man, that guy—he's playing clutch basketball. He's, uh, he just closes out games so well for them. Yeah, he's the leader of the Timber Pubs. Tinder, <laughs> yeah, Timber Pups. Tinder what? <laughs> Tinder pu- oh, pups. <laughs> Timber Pups. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this? Yeah. <laughs> or is it just because he's sick and he can't pronounce? I think it's because <laughs> I'm a little sick. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a little yeah, I mean, sick. Uh, <laughs> if I'm sick about something, it's I'm sick about these biggest, the biggest disappointments we've had at, up to this point in this season. So in the quarter way, I put Lonzo Ball, but um, I, I didn't want to pick on him because he actually has Aww. picked up his his game a little bit and has put together a good. Yeah, don't do that to the guy. <laughs> yeah, he's put together a last month. Um, he went out with that little injury, but he's kind of redeemed himself and found himself a little stride. Um. But for me, my biggest disappointment, I think I'm going to go with someone probably not many people are talking about. That's the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that the Toronto Raptors are accomplishing up to this point, I thought that's where the Wizards were going to be. Bradley Beal, Otter Porter Jr., John Wall, Marshawn Gortat, some of these guys, they've kept this core together for a couple years now. They're not old. They're not young either. They're at the perfect point, I think, in their NBA. Peak. Yep, perfect point in their NBA careers to make noise in this league. But yet here they are. I mean, they struggled just to get to this fifth seed position. They were floating around ninth and eighth for most of this season. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Now they're in fifth, but God, they've lost some awful games. And I mean, yesterday I think was just the pinnacle of it. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the game yesterday, but so. Against the Utah Jazz, the Wizards, it was a one-possession game. Bradley Beal had the ball to shoot an open three. Uh, Donovan Mitchell <laughs> got a close. Got maybe he was still like two steps away from the shot, but he threw his hand up, and uh-huh. for some reason that scared Bradley Beal enough to where <laughs> he got 
he got into a position where he was in midair and he didn't know if he wanted to pass it or actually go through with the shot. So instead, he did oh. none of the two and he just let the ball just <laughs> drop. And he couldn't what? touch it. He couldn't touch it, obviously, because if he did, then yeah, it would be... Yeah, he's already in the air. Yeah, it would be an up and down or a travel oh. <laughs> So he just watched the oh, ball just, just bounce around and kind of just like <laughs> hoping that one of his teammates would grab it. No, man. Awful game. And that, that sealed it for him. That, yeah. that sealed the loss. Anyways, yeah, oh. I mean, you, one of the Utah guys grabbed it, called timeout, and um, they won the game. That was it. <laughs> yeah. And I saw this stat that the Wizards are um, they're as good against below 500 teams as they are against above 500 teams. Yeah. Which I, is just absurd. They, they just totally don't come to play when they just assume that they're going to win. Yeah, it's awful. I just don't really understand. They lost John Wall for, I think, three weeks back in December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But since then, John Wall himself hasn't really He's been still able there. to. Yeah, he still just hasn't really been able to find his own strike. Granted, he did have a good game against Utah yesterday, but they still ended up with a loss. And it was because of these right. silly basketball plays, these silly <laughs> decisions they make during the game. Um, hopefully they find their stride soon. But up to this point, they've been a big disappointment for me. I thought they'd be a top three team in the East. I thought they'd be challenging the Wiz- uh, the Wizards, the Celtics, and the Cavs. But... At this point, it looked like they're headed for a first-round exit, honestly. Yeah, yeah, they aren't looking strong at all. And I feel like it it comes down at this point just to team chemistry is the only thing I can think of at this point. Like, there's always been the rumors that John Wall and Bradley Beal just don't get along very well. And there was kind of the same rumors surrounding uh, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Right. uh, Which DeRozan said that him and Lowry didn't even speak to each other the first year that they were in Toronto together. But they've been able to become friends, or to some degree at least, and make that work. And John Wall and Bradley Beal are going to have to do the same thing if they want to imitate the success that the Raptors have had this year. Yeah. Um, and And the rest of those guys, like, you have guys that are on big contracts like Otto Porter that just mm. aren't playing like the contract that they're on, like just willing to give the ball away, not willing to take a big shot. Mm-hmm. And you got guys on the Clippers like CJ Williams taking a last second three. I don't think Otto Porter could have done that. Yeah. Like there's just not enough heart there. And I feel like they're just going to coast into the first round, like you said, and there's a high chance that they just exit early losing to a team like the Bucks or the Raptors. Yeah. I hope that's not it. I mean, John Wall, last year, John Wall was making statements that he deserved to be in the media. He deserved to have his name mentioned. Well, I mean, you got everybody's attention and eyes are on you. We're on you at the start of this season. And frankly, a lot of casual basketball fans and um, big NBA fans as well. We've all are just kind of maybe not shaking our heads. We just kind of just moved on. Right, yes. Yeah, there's just there's no storylines yeah. there. Like no one talks about Washington at all. And I want to quickly mention uh, honorable mention for biggest appointment. I mean, we have to say the Thunder, right? Yeah, I agree. Like that. they're they're playing almost 500 basketball at a point where I thought they would have figured it out by this time of the season. I kept I kept saying they're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Or like they'll go on a hot streak and I'll be like, okay, now they've figured it out, and then they lose three games in a row, and they're still just sitting there. What I think fifth sixth in the western conference yep just i mean they're i mean the clippers could overtake them pretty soon at this rate at this rate right and they lost andre robertson and we're seeing what people are calling the robertson effect where basically the the oklahoma city thunder have gone from being the third team with the highest offensive rating all the way back to laker status where they're ranked like 27th or something like that. oh really i when did robertson get hurt i didn't even see that yeah he um he went down i think it must be a week and a half now week and a half ago oh wow the roberson effect there you go right andre (laughs) the missing piece the missing piece there you go i mean the thing that was going for them which was the defensive end is now it's it's weakening because of that and oklahoma city thunder can't respond and they're they're losing some games including they lost that big game against minnesota where they just got blown out yeah it wasn't even close no but uh moving on from there let's go to the biggest surprises and for me, this hasn't changed from the quarter point of this season, and that's 
the Boston Celtics. They keep winning. I yep. I didn't think it was going to happen, <laughs> but uh, I got to say. You kept I gotta, doubting. <laughs> I kept doubting, and I got to admit it, it. Man, this team just might be the real deal. And it's surprising because the biggest surprise to me is how they keep winning these games that are so close, games that nobody would really blame you based on the NBA schedule that you lost you lost yeah. that game based on travel, based on fatigue, the sequence of games within a given number of days. Um, the Boston Celtics, 7-10 and 10 in games decided by one possession. Uh, and, I mean, even before before it got to that one possession, obviously that game was fought was fought hard for at least three minutes or if not the entire 48 minutes. I mean, it's yeah. tough to keep a grind like that going for 82 games and they have, they've, <laughs> they're have at 50% through and they've kept it up. Yeah. I mean, what's going to keep them keep keeping up is the fact that they're so young. Yeah. They have the energy to do this. Like Jalen Brown's in his second year, Jason Tatum's in his first year, Kyrie Irving's 25 now, or is he still 24? 25. I don't even know. 25. All these guys are really young and they're just playing such inspired basketball, team basketball. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of a dynasty, I feel. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. I mean, they've got a lot, they could add a lot more to this young team for sure, given the assets that they still have at their disposal. I mean, if you're 34 and 10, I believe is what they are right now, mm-hmm. and you add in Gordon Hayward next year, like, they could be they could be instant championship contenders next year. I mean, I still think that they're too inexperienced to win the championship this year, mm-hmm. but now a whole extra year of experience probably making it to the conference finals at least this year. Yeah. With this roster and then you add in Gordon Hayward next year, like, man, this this could be the start of like 3 or 4 years where the Celtics are just atop the East. Yeah, and I mean, they're timing it maybe not perfect, but well enough to where I mean LeBron James we're looking at him he's 33 years old maybe he's got I don't really I mean I want to say two seasons but maybe seven maybe seven <laughs> it could be seven <laughs> honestly this is just crazy to me the man has not broken down at all but uh I mean he's got to go he's got to slow down at some point and if he doesn't slow down maybe the Cavaliers themselves would just halt themselves to a halt because that I mean, they had, they're obviously not playing very well, and they could lose a lot of guys next year. But um, mm-hmm. hey, the Boston Celtics yeah, here Celtics. they are. So you are you you're a firm believer in the fifty five wins now? I'm not gonna say I think for sure they're gonna <laughs> do it, but oh man, the odds are definitely it's just in their seen, favor. It's so easy. So let's see, forty four games. They only have to win twenty more, twenty one more to get there. That means they basically are gonna just be like a little over five hundred the rest of the year to do to do that. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty easy bet. I mean, at this point, the thing I'm just gonna say this: at this point, the only thing that can possibly stop this team from hitting fifty five is an injury to Kyrie Irving or Al yeah, Harford. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, any injury to like one of their core four guys could derail that for sure. Yeah, but. If anything outside of that doesn't happen, then um, they're good to go. Yeah, and as far as uh, another surprise, another pleasant surprise, uh, I want to give an honorable mention to the Miami Heat. Yeah. Uh, 24-17 and 17 right now, uh, fourth in the East. Uh, they're on a nice little winning streak right now. Just with a group of misfit players that, like, You've never heard of before. Yeah, and they're doing it without really the help of Hassan Whiteside or... Well, Hassan Whiteside is helping, but they're not doing it. He just it. came back, but he wasn't there for a lot of the seasons. Yeah, what you were saying. Yeah, and they're doing it without the help of their big free agent, Dion Waiters, man. That guy, <laughs> I don't know what he's if doing. He hasn't done anything. I, he he might as well not be there, you know? And it's fine because he's just one of those misfit players. They'll just replace him with a Josh Richardson, a James Johnson, Tyler Johnson. <laughs> yeah, all the Johnson uh, brothers. Who, yeah, yeah, who are these guys, man? <laughs> Uh, Wayne Ellington. Yeah. Like, where? who are these guys? Where did they come from? So Wayne Ellington is actually a name that I've... He's actually... He's been around the league for a while as a journeyman. And it's kind of crazy that he's found his place so late in his NBA career here in <laughs> Miami. Yeah. 
He was actually somebody the Lakers picked up from the G League, I think, back in like 2013. Oh, really? 2014, maybe. One of those years. Interesting. But uh, that's the only reason how I recognize that name so well. But crazy. Yeah. I mean, Goran Dragic still playing pretty well. Like, it's just, it's a solid team, man. They just, all the guys play really hard, play really well. Yeah. It's exciting. See, this is what makes the Washington Wizards so much more disappointing when a when a team like the Miami Heat with nobody who even comes close to being considered a top 10 player, top 15, not even top 20, I would say. Hassan Whiteside is maybe yeah, top not, 25, yeah. is doing this right. well. And the Washington Wizards, you got Bradley Beal and John Wall. Uh, right. And, and a lot of good supporting cast, too. Right. But uh, kudos <laughs> to so the Miami Heat. Yeah, but uh, let's go here. Most improved. I think it's pretty obvious who we're going to talk about here. <laughs> Mr. Victor Odalipo. There he is. Man, we love talking about this guy. Yeah. I feel like he's one of the guys we've talked about the most outside of anyone Laker related this <laughs> year. Yeah, he's balling. I mean, what can you say? Averaging 24.6 points, um, all career high numbers, career highs in three-point three field goal percentage, steals and blocks. Yeah. What can this guy not yeah, do? Like, yeah, all career highs in basically every category. Yeah. It's just leading a team we thought was just destined to hit the lottery, try to tank maybe. Yeah. We had no idea what they were going to be able to do. And, um, yeah, behind this guy who is now definitely an all-star at this point, just yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, man, it's- you got to give this guy a lot of credit. Yeah, it's exciting. Also, this this is basically a baseline for – What's to come next for the Indiana Pacers uh, franchise? I mean, they'll probably, it seems like they're going to the playoffs, most likely first round exit. But I mean, the, they've got they got their guy though, Victor Odalipo, to build around. Yeah. What are they like? Uh, twenty. I think they're like twenty one and twenty right now, hanging around the eighth seed. Exactly. Yep. Eighth seed. Yeah. So trailing only the Pistons. Right, and the Knicks are down there too. So they're gonna they're still gonna have to fight the rest of the year. Odalipo is gonna have to keep doing his thing Mm -hmm. uh, if they want to stay where they're at and uh, face either like the Cavs or the Celtics in the first round. Hey, I mean, if they, if the Cavs like somehow don't figure things out, they continue with their horrendous defense. Maybe there is a slight spark for an upset. Maybe. (laughs) You're going to give them a chance. I'm going to say maybe, but that's like a, like a 10% maybe. Yeah. And maybe like 8%, but that's if the playoffs, if the playoffs started today. So that's assuming the Cavaliers keep this performance up, but I think they'll figure it out too. Yeah, definitely. And uh, another honorable mention for this award. We, I got to go with Lou Williams. (laughs) Uh, We brought him up earlier. And this this guy has almost single-handedly prevented the Clippers from tanking. <laughs> yep, that is true. There there was a point this season where Beverly, Griffin, Teodosic, Gallinari, these guys are all hurt. It's just him and DeAndre. And you're like, oh, well, are they just going to trade DeAndre to the Cavs or something and just like call it a season just because that's what we have to do? <laughs> but Lou Williams coming up with, just ridiculous games sometimes just the way the way he's able to just shoot the lights out just night in night out is just incredible yeah and we're now almost at 500 just beat the kings tonight 20 and 21 wow and we're, we're looking at a playoff spot the way we're playing uh he was able to play us into a point where we we're able to get blake griffin back and now we're looking like we can not have to tank which is amazing yeah I'm curious to if Lou Williams were to say the stars align and he wins this award, would he be the oldest player to earn most (laughs) improved? I feel like this is an award that would go typically goes to people maybe in players in their mid 20s. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because that's usually when you see your peak is when you're getting to like your your uh, older 20s and you're finally hitting your stride. You know, NBA works. Right. But Lou Williams is in his 12th year, averaging the highest points per game he's ever averaged. He's at 23 points a game. Yep. And he's been coming off the bench most of the season, too. So he's in the, he's going to win the sixth man of the year award, hands down. Yeah. So, he's a small guy, too, at 6'3", I think, like barely yeah. touching 200 pounds, if even that. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's just he's just a lanky little shooter, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he does it, but hey, he's a competitor and he's been doing it well. Um, but as well as he's been playing, he's no MVP. But there are MVPs out mm-hmm. there, and um, hey, I mean James Harden, he's injured, but you gotta go with him still. I think that's who I'm going yeah, you with. Agree, too. Then. It's, yeah, it's Harden. Yeah, I mean LeBron James, I think has closed the gap a little bit slightly because James Harden has been out, but the Cavaliers are not playing well. Uh, Giannis is sneaking in there as well, but the Bucks have been here a little inconsistent as well. But I think James Harden still takes it if the season were to end today. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, career high in points, which is pretty incredible because he averaged about 29 a game last year. Now he's averaging 32.3. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, he, there's not a player more dominant than him at this point on the offensive end. Like, you just watch him play, and you're like, he's either going to shoot a three in their face, or if they're too close, he's just going to blow by them. Right. Like, they're not even there. Like, the way he just is able to drive to the basket and get a layup is absolutely insane. It's almost like everyone's moving in slow motion around him. Yeah. He makes it look so effortless. Right, and he's got the Houston Rockets with a 29-11 and 11 record. Um, versus the Cavaliers, who are sitting at 26 and 15. So you got to give that nod to James Harden there. He's leading this team. I mean, you guys guess based off that, you can make a case for Kyrie Irving, but his numbers don't even come close to LeBron's and James Harden's at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, his, yeah, he's playing better defense. And I mean, the, you got to give the team a lot of credit with the Celtics. Yeah. Um, but with, yeah, with Harden, I mean, he just does so much for that team. And you fear him when you play against him. Fear the beard. Yep, I agree. He's uh, It's kind of annoying to watch at times when you're not cheering him on. But he's so skilled at just making people make terrible decisions <laughs> against him. Or just against the, the yeah. Rockets offense in general. Because he's just so such a threat from everywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And James Harden, just the way he plays, like the way he's able to run this team they're probably the best shot of beating the Warriors. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I just want to wait. I can't wait. We're halfway through and we're almost (laughs) to playoffs and I can't wait for that matchup. But uh, anyways, moving on, let's go to the best performances of the week up to this point. How about DeMar DeRozan? This man has found his, is starting to find his stride and the Toronto Raptors record shows as well as he goes for 52 points. Uh, five assists, eight rebounds, and an overtime win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Franchise high for the Toronto Raptors, Mr. DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, incredible. The USC product. Yeah. Really showing his stuff. That's right. Uh, probably, is he, probably, do you think he's the best USC alumni ever to come out of there? Man, that's a tough one. See, his biggest competition, who would it be? Recent memory, I guess it would be Swaggy P and OJ Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I think we have a winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, at this moment right now, I guess I'd have to do a little bit more research. But from as far as what I know, um, yeah, it's a definitely yes. I can't really think of anybody else. No one really comes close. Maybe I'm getting yeah, OJ Mayo, and Swaggy P are his competitions as far as I know in the last fifteen years. Swaggy P is pretty good. <laughs> he is. But, uh, I mean, DeMar DeRozan's balling. And like, I'm I'm a little bit excited to see who the Toronto Raptors end up facing in the second round. They might make that an exciting series, whether it's the Celtics or the Cavs. Yeah, no, I, I think DeRozan's he's playing the best basketball he's ever played. 52 points, man. Like, that's for real. Yeah. Like, this guy is the real deal. Do you put him in the top 15 in, in the NBA? I'd say maybe. I'd say yes. Oh, definitely yes for me. Um, yeah, definitely yes. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I mean, I almost want to say he's close to the top 10. Um, I mean, you're taking out guys like you might take out guys like maybe you take out a guy like John Wall, who heading into the season would be considered a top 10 player. You yeah. wiggle him out. Maybe you can put DeMar. You can make a case to put DeMar DeRozan in there. Um yeah, I mean he's just a dominant shooter. Yeah, and that's his thing. I mean, he was he he's always been a good slasher scorer, but um this season he's really picked up his shooting. He's picked up his defense. Um 
he he can drill drill the three, which was kind of like his weaker weakest point as a scorer on the on the court. Um, so that's where you're seeing a lot of his averages go up. And of course, because of that, also the Toronto Raptors offense is also being run a little bit more more seamless as opposed to like a lot of the isolation plays that they would run for him and Kyle Lowry last last year. Yeah, definitely. And another great performance we had last week uh, from the young guy, Carl Anthony Towns, putting up a 25-23 performance with zero turnovers and a loss to the Celtics. Um, man, this guy just continues to dominate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exciting guy uh, putting up points for his team alongside with Jimmy Butler. Andrew Wiggins here and there and the and the Timberwolves are a nice team. They're a nice team to watch. Yeah, I think they're like 27 and 16 right now playing about as we would have expected them to with acquiring Jimmy Butler and Jamal Crawford, Jeff Teague and all those guys. Yeah, I would say they've up to this point they've been some of one of probably not, if not the most consistent team in the NBA in terms of like where they've kept their their stride terror like not so good defense but very well offense and they've just yeah. they've just maintained that fourth seed for the better part of this season up to this point yeah i mean at this point there i think it's pretty much a shoe in that they're gonna finish as the third or the fourth seed yeah uh the way they're playing they're not letting up at all jimmy butler is just gonna keep them going carlton town's gonna put up numbers like this and I mean, it's not like it's that even far away from his averages. Like twenty five is probably what he's averaging, and averaging about twelve, thirteen rebounds a game. Yeah, like the guy's a monster. Yep, they're looking towards that second round. Um, but here's your boy again, Lou Williams, fifty points yep. against the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna mention him a third time <laughs> because two wasn't enough. Man, fifty points, and you know what? He got to this fifty points because he's just started chucking up shots at the end of that game. When we had already won, he just wanted to get to 50. And it's funny, too, because before the game, Steve Kerr's like, Lou Williams is going to drop 50 on us tonight. <laughs> and he dropped exactly 50. And that was and, that was more of like a sarcastic statement, right, from Steve right. Kerr? Sarcastic, but also a premonition. <laughs> I think I think he kind of knew what was going to happen, especially because he chose to rest Steph and Clay. Yeah. Uh, if he's not going to have Clay Thompson's defense guarding him, who's going to guard him? Patrick McCaw yeah like that's what happens when you put a, like take out one of your best players um and our shooter just goes off and you know it he's he scored 27 points I think it was in the third quarter alone yeah uh, which is a was a franchise uh record for the Clippers those are Clay Thompson numbers right there they probably yeah, switched exactly. shoes or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just channeled his inner Clay Thompson just let her rip yeah and, and then, then on the opposite side of that, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, he came back from injury on a minutes restriction, supposedly. He still played like 31 minutes this game. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, 40 points, four rebounds, four assists, and 14 to 18 shooting in the loss to the Clippers. Uh, he was really the only one that was getting it going in that game. Yeah, it's always such an impressive thing, impressive thing when um, you watch a lot of Sacramento Kings, Laker games, and – Utah Jazz games, which I have been in the last three weeks. I kind of got caught watching a lot of those games. And then all of a sudden I watch the Warriors play and I see a guy like Kevin Durant and it's just, it's absolutely just night and day, a talent like that. Oh, compared. yeah. Otherworldly. Yeah. And it's, it's unbelievable, really. I, if he wasn't on the Warriors, I think Kevin Durant would probably be the runaway MVP this year if he was. Oh, yeah, man. Totally. He. He is just on another level in terms of scoring. I mean, with his wingspan, he just shoots over guys, drives the ball. And most impressive to me is just on the defensive end. He's just he's he's kind of maybe he he's watched the he's watched that LeBron James block on Andre Iguodala more than 100 times because that's kind of the game he's starting to play. <laughs> he chases guys down and he sneaks up on dudes when they think they have a wide open layup and Durantula comes out of nowhere and just swats yeah. that thing back to I the mean, bench. Yeah, he just has a that length that you can't you can't teach length. Right. He just has that he has that gift and he's using it and that actually brings up a great point. Did you know that Kevin Durant's leading the league in blocks? Wow. I'm not I'm I mean I'm su I'm not well, actually yeah, I'm surprised to hear that. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm actually not because that was 
the, the times that I have seen Kevin Durant, um, I mean, he's everywhere. I mean, he's putting effort on yeah. every on all sides of the floor, on every possession, and he's got the length to do it. I mean, with the small ball line as people are running, he's definitely the perfect dude to sneak up on people and swat things away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty incredible. He's an amazing player. Hate him for going to the Warriors. Yeah, he would be the MVP if he ne- if he never did that. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna move on from that. Yeah, we have to. But um, to close out the the podcast, we got to talk about one team that doesn't really get talked about enough. I think that's the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the reason I bring them up is because I recently found out that they have sold out their arena for the in the last five games. Now that might wow. not be like crazy news. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you're a Laker fan or a Warrior fan, maybe even a Clipper fan, <laughs> right. because those tickets, as you know, here in California, they're always so hard to find. But when you're in Minnesota um, and the Timberwolves are your professional basketball team, but your their hockey team is doing so much better. The baseball team has been doing <laughs> so much better for the last decade. It's really not that crazy to hear that the Timberwolves have a hard time selling tickets to their games. Um, yeah. But for them to have sold sold out their last five games they haven't done that since 2004 that is an accomplishment wow. for this franchise man was that when kevin garnett was still playing for them yep when you had wally zerbiak kevin durant <laughs> latrell spreewell wally when World. latrell spreewell still had <laughs> money to his name and he wasn't bankrupt <laughs> that was the last yes. time they sold out five games well, oh man latrell spreewell yep that's a good name to dig out of the grave <laughs> it is <laughs> And I mean, hey, you can't blame them. This is an exciting team to watch, as we mentioned. We've mentioned a couple names earlier: Jimmy Butler, Jamal Crawford, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. This team is fifth in offensive rating. Just blew out the Thunder and the Cavaliers. This is a team that's looking to the second round, and they're and they're looking to take the more than two thousand fans are actually getting to come out, um, and the nearly twenty thousand more households that are tuning in to watch every single Timberwolves game. How exciting yeah, for this franchise. Awesome. Yeah, and I, a lot of that is probably because of Jimmy Butler coming over. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't see this with just Wiggins and Towns. Uh, by Butler coming over, the NBA gave them so many more nationally televised games. Yeah. Because they knew that this team was going to be a cool one to watch. Yeah. So, it's just a great move all around. Made their team so much better made their fans want to come watch them play, actually bringing in revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that good job, Timberwolves. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for them. They, they've been out of the playoffs for way too long. They really deserve this. Yep. 2004 is a long time. I mean, 2004, what was going on in 2004? I didn't have a driver's license uh, yet. <laughs> I, 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 I think I was just playing Pokemon. Yeah, I wasn't like even Pokemon in Gold a... or Silver. <laughs> yeah, the Game Boy Advance yeah, just, had just come yeah, out. Just, <laughs> Just learning, learning some pre-algebra, maybe. Exactly. Pre-algebra, some some uh, some U.S. history. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the Timberwolves are headed to the potentially the second round. That's where they got their eyes set if they maintain that fourth seed. But um, I know you you had something else before we close this podcast. Oh uh, yeah. Sean. Now this this will be a good one, and I mean, I'll probably post this on the Facebook page for the viewers that uh, listen to us through that. Uh, maybe on the SoundCloud page. Not sure how to do that, but. <laughs> Uh, there was an interesting uh, holiday celebrated by a certain G League team, the Delaware 87ers, <laughs> who are the Philadelphia 76ers G League team. And I'm gonna I'm gonna paste this picture in here for you. I, I've been saving this. Uh, All right, I haven't seen this yet. Just for until this, right just now. for this moment, because you didn't see it. And there it is. Oh, where is it? Let me see. Oh. I think it's. Is it loading? I think it might be loading. It's on the. It's on the. Third oh, I page, see actually. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's SpongeBob. <laughs> it's a SpongeBob jersey. Oh wow, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, they wore this in celebration of Nickelodeon Day on January third. <laughs> why are more NBA teams not doing? Why are NBA teams not doing this? This is incredible. Yeah, you got the, all the yellow up top, and then the shorts are literally his pants. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Good find. 
Man, kudos to the Delaware 87ers. <laughs> <laughs> right? I love it. It's just they're having fun there, man. This is great. And hey, do you recognize who this guy is in the picture? Man, he seem he looks super familiar. Is this is a dig out of the grave name too. Oh, who is this? Is <laughs> he looks really familiar though. I This is I can't. You going to guess? Is it? It's not El. I want to say Elton Brand, but it's not Elton no, Brand. No, no. This is Emeka Okafor. Oh, Emeka Okafor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> How awesome is that? That is wow. This is where he's at. A former top five lottery pick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, right? Insane. I mean, I feel bad for him, but it looks like at least he's having a good time. Yeah, I mean... Repping the SpongeBob jersey. <laughs> you're getting paid to play basketball while wearing SpongeBob jerseys. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week with another breakdown of the NBA news. Um, don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, po- Stitcher Podcast app. Uh, soon to be everywhere. We're trying to get to as many places as we can. And uh, thanks for checking us out. Yep. Have a good one, guys. See you next time.